I am prefacing this podcast with a warning that the content discussed may not be suitable for all listeners as it deals with sex trafficking. If this is not suitable content for you, please skip this episode. We have many other places to explore together, and you can check those out on the homepage of this podcast. Welcome to the fourth episode of the X Marks the Spot podcast. If we pull out our maps, we find that today, X marks Bangkok, Thailand. Of course, I can't help myself but explore yet another tropical destination amidst a very cold Chicago winter. Thai is at the top of many bucket lists, including my own, because it offers tropical beaches and delicious food and a plethora of opportunities for adventure travel. Our guest today, Grace O'Connell, has a lot to share about the realities of living in an international hub as an expat. For those who are new to X Marks the Spot, our guests must meet both of two requirements. They must have lived in their city for at least four years, and they must be truly engaging with the world around us. With that, let us begin our journey. Hello. Welcome, Grace. Hi. What makes me excited about having you on the show today is that unlike our previous guests who are native to all the places that places they've been, you actually have the experience of moving to Bangkok, moving mm-hmm. to Thailand, mm-hmm. which will be very helpful for me and our listeners. So what was it like to arrive somewhere so different from America? What were your first few days like after moving? Tell me about it. Oh, man. Um, so I'm not going to move to Bangkok. I was 14, um, about to start my freshman year of high school. So, right, it's a hard age to be no matter what, and moving to Bangkok was an unwelcome change in my life. I was, I was not happy about it. I remember the first night we got there, we were living in downtown Bangkok, and I had never been in a big city, which hadn't occurred to me until I, I was in one. Um, and I, oh, I hated it. <laughs> right, I, I had such a bad attitude to begin with, and we landed after almost 24 hours of flying. I hated it. Um, I just remember thinking it was so dirty and, oh my goodness, like, how does anyone live here? Um, you know, came to came to realize later, being a little more well-traveled, is uh, that's just cities. <laughs> that's just what it's like everywhere. Yeah, those first few nights were rough. And I, yeah, use that term night loosely because it's, a tw- it's on a 12-hour time difference from Ooh. Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It was, yeah. That's a big transition to make in a very transitional age. (laughs) Other things people know about Thailand, besides Bangkok being the big city there, is that it is a hub for tourism. All forms, not just luxury tourism, but also budget travel. What's been your experience? Do you see many tourists around there? Does Mm -hmm. it feel tourist-dominated in Bangkok? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tons of tourists. Um... And the funny thing about tourists is that you can almost always pick out their nationality. You, you know almost immediately. <laughs> um, for example, Chinese tourists never travel alone. They're always in big hordes, and there's, there's always a, like a selfie stick with a tassel on it in the, in the middle of their group. Um, Russian tourists are always sunburned bright red <laughs> and, and often drunk in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, and the American tourists are, are a lot of those that you talked about, the budget tourists, the ones who, 
you know, have dreadlocks and wear hemp clothing and came here to find their spiritual side. <laughs> it's a lot of tourism. I love that. I, my dream this summer after graduation was to be one of those, not with dreadlocks, <laughs> but to be one of those backpackers heading down the banana pancake trail. And that will not be able to happen right away. Right, yeah. Due to COVID, so... I will be on the lookout when I eventually get there for <laughs> Russians who are drunk in the middle of the day. Yeah. What was the transition like? It's not just a time transition for you, but also weather transition. Yeah. What is it like to live there? By the Like, after a few years of living there, were you able to adjust? Yeah, so I loved the weather. Um, Thailand has two seasons, hot and rainy and hot and dry. Um <laughs> So during monsoon season, it's, you know, 89 during the day, uh, probably actually less than that. It's, it's probably around 85 um, during the day, and then it'll thunderstorm in the afternoon pretty consistently. Um, in the dry season, which starts in March or April, it'll get up to be like 105, 110 um, but I, and of course the humidity is a hundred percent all the time. Um, I personally loved, loved that weather. And it, it's also just sort of, you adjust to it every, because everyone adjusts to it where we, so the school I went to, we had not hallways, but breezeways, uh, Ooh. right? So they had ceilings, but not really walls and everyone ate lunch outside. So multiple times throughout the day you were outside, um, so back sweat became part of the culture, right? It wasn't embarrassing to have yeah. <laughs> to have sweat marks on, on your uniform because everyone did. Interesting. It, it was. I would have appreciated that acceptance. <laughs> Though I didn't have a good excuse. You say you love the weather. I did. That's awesome. What are the other things you loved about Thailand? What was like the best part for you? about living in Bangkok or Thailand as a whole. Take that whichever right. way you want to. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll say, as an expat, you get a very different experience um, than you would if you were a Thai native. Um, yeah. We lived just outside Bangkok in an expat community. Um, but all in within Bangkok, there's a lot of international presence. And that might have been the best, the best part so I have friends on every continent now. Um, <laughs> yeah, people I never, ever would have met or n never would have run into, um, except that we you know, went to international school together. That's really cool. Yeah. That's special. It, it, yeah, it was. And to get to the darker side of things. Oh, no. What was the worst part? about living in Bangkok. The name of the podcast is X Marks the Spot, and part of that X is things we'd like to X out <laughs> of, our, um, of our cities and homes. What was that for you? Right. Well, a couple things come to mind. Um, it was, you know, before that I had lived a suburban, white, pickety kind of American life. Um, and so living in Bangkok was my, my first exposure to real poverty, mm. which was jarring, uh, especially I just had no idea. I had no idea that even really existed um, and how 
severe it was for, for some people. Um, and of course that's not specific to, to Thailand at all, but it's part of living in a big city. Um, the other, and forgive me if this is too dark, um, but of course Bangkok is the sex trafficking capital of the world. Um, yeah. And even, you know, even if you do your best to stay out of the places where you're going to see that kind of stuff, it's kind of unavoidable. Um, yeah, you can definitely feel it. Yeah, and that, that's hard for me to reckon with, um, especially in a place that's got so much culture and natural beauty and, you know, great, like you said, there's a lot of great tourist attractions that aren't <laughs> sex tourism related, but you can't, you can't not notice it yeah. uh, when you're in Bangkok. That makes me think about safety a concern that people have, maybe not if they're visiting for a short time, but especially living there for a long time, it is known for sex trafficking, drug, tra drug trafficking. Have you had moments where you felt specifically unsafe? Could you describe those? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure about drug trafficking, because the, <laughs> the message we got uh, was that they were pretty strict about it. That's good to know. Where, yeah, um my junior year of high school there was a scandal where some 30 kids couldn't walk at graduation because there was a whole yeah like um drug ring and it wasn't even part pardon me it wasn't even hard drugs it was <laughs> sort of on the lower end um but the one kid who had been dealing the school told him like you have we're gonna give you 24 hours to get out of the country before we report you to the authorities wow so um, that's good to know they are taking it very seriously there. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, at least from what I saw, it was pretty, pretty strict. And this is one of those things that I mean by being an expat, um, is very different than being a Thai native. Um, because there's such, a, an easily accessible, you know, sex tourism industry as an expat you are safe from that yeah there no one is gonna try to traffic you um you know if, if you're white if you look like a, the farang is the word that they use mm -hmm. for white people um so that that's hard too right where it's not a good thing yeah. But it, do, it, do, it does benefit foreigners um, where there's no real risk of being kidnapped or trafficked. That's interesting. And I think that's important to spread more word about, not to say that, oh, white people come here and be happy and safe, not to make it any less of a fight for protecting like the livelihoods of non-white people, but also fighting against this narrative that like, the white woman is what everyone really wants, mm. what everyone wants to take mm -hmm. and sell. Mm -hmm. I think you brought up a really good point of the reality of white privilege outside of the U.S. Yeah, um, and, yeah, I think it has more to do with um, ethnicity in particular, or nationality, um, where if you're clearly European, but 
if you're European or African American, um, that you'll you'll usually get the same amount of respect. Um, but other nations surrounding, especially bordering Thailand, are the the ones that are vulnerable mm-hmm. to that. We actually worked with a group, like a ministry, and their their whole thing is that they. Um, Thailand shares a border with Burma, which formerly, like formally, is Myanmar. Um, but people from there would say, "I am Burmese." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's a lot of unofficial refugees who will come over that border, and then just have nothing, right? Just not be able to support themselves. Uh, and so, in a lot of these families, if you have a boy, you'll sell him to like go do farm work, and if you have a girl, you'll sell her into the sex trade. Uh, in Bangkok. And so this ministry goes on on that border would buy daughters from parents. Wow. And yeah, it's called Faith House and give them vocational training and a safe place to live. Um, that was one of the, <laughs> one of the most bittersweet things I ever I ever experienced, maybe the most bittersweet thing I ever experienced because um, on the one hand, it is so good. Right, it is. It's this beautiful ministry, and, and all these girls who are just happy and grateful and safe. Um, but of course, the darker side of that is that there's no, you know, that they're the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah. And that they still had to be purchased. Yeah. In order to support their families, that reality. Yeah. Is not as easy. No. To handle. Thank you. Thank you for being very real and honest about that. If we can transition into a slightly (laughs) more positive topic, what aspects of your experience of Thai culture... Now, this can be a very internationally blended culture. Right. I'm not going to say you're speaking uniquely to um, certain ethnicities native to Thailand, but what aspects of the culture you experience there do you actually prefer to American western culture what would you want to be able to take home with you Hmm. from that culture yeah besides the fun pants right (laughs) got a lot of those um okay two things come immediately to mind um the first is that there is a reverence for the elderly there's a great respect um for those, those who are older and for grandparents and for ancestors, um, they really, they cherish their older generations in a way that I think is missing from the American canon. The other thing that comes to mind is a concept that I heard referred to by ties as tie time, which is the idea that time is more relational, more relative Mm -hmm. than it is in the Western canon. Right. If you have a meeting at one o'clock and you show up at one o five, it's rude, right? It's mm-hmm. it's gonna disqualify you from getting a job if you show up five yeah. minutes late to an interview. Um, in Thailand, it's it's not so rigid. It's yeah, and uh, yeah, not to say that they don't care about time. It's just not yeah, not considered rude in the same way it would be here to take a little longer it's not the top priority yeah yeah they're not letting the system of time Mm -hmm. control 
yeah their relationships and interactions yeah that's really cool we mentioned island time a little bit last week <laughs> talking about hawaii so i'm now very reminiscent for you know a slower pace mm-hmm. but also some thai food oh, i had goodness. some penang curry yeah for lunch today leftovers mm. what was your favorite food in thailand okay so this is super niche um, there is a dish that they only really make in Northern Thailand, um, which is, you know, obviously not where Bangkok is, but in Northern Thailand, they have a dish called Khao Soi and it is noodles in a yellow curry, um, with chicken and like pickled greens. And it is, Ooh. I cannot do it justice. <laughs> it is so good. Um, and it's, a, it's especially special um well our, our school cafeteria served it and so it's a little near and dear right oh. brings back good memories um but it's also really really hard to find over here yeah i would say look i looked at the thai menu last night to order thai food and i did not <laughs> see that on there so that's good to know that's the inside scoop yeah you can only find it in thailand slash the information here yeah so you're adding value to my <laughs> podcast thank you yeah Transitioning then again into a slightly heavier topic. Aside from travel and tourism, Thailand is most known for, within the last century, the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. Right. And for listeners, a quick debriefing of what happened. There was an earthquake the day after Christmas that sent a massive wave into the Thai coast, killing a quarter of a million people making it the most deadly tsunami in human records. So this was years before you arrived. Mm -hmm. But how have you seen the effects of such a horrific natural disaster on the people around you? Yeah. So it was, it was 10, about 10 years before we moved there. Um, But it was still present not at the forefront of everyone's mind, but uh, it came up. A number of times, um, we had we knew one family who had adopted a child who was sort of found after the tsunami. Right, there was not a lot of knowledge of of what what his life had been before, but um, yeah. So that was that was one very clear instance. Um, there were also a couple a couple students who who drowned in the tsunami. Well. <laughs> were never found, uh, right? Mm. Because, of course, at that time, people were sort of on vacation to these more... That's one of the great things about Thailand is it's so easy to travel to these places. Um, But, yeah, of course, and the parents were staffers at the school. um, And I remember there was a a sort of memorial for their two kids who, who had been lost in the tsunami... Uh, even when I was there, even that far after the event. The magnitude of an event like that is something to shake, mm-hmm. not just a community, but a country. And I think it's something to be aware of for anyone looking to spend a long time there, whether it's moving there or traveling there for a long time. So thank you for that information. Yeah. We're going to wrap up with a final question that's a little bit cheesy, but what, besides friends and family, made... Bangkok home for you. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I spent my adolescence there. I spent some very developmental years there. Um, and I think 
for anyone, anywhere you are, that's, that's gonna cement that place into your identity. Um, and so, of course, when you spend high school in any place, there's ups and downs and there's goods and bads. Um, but it, it was so important for the person that I be, oh, this is so cheesy. Ugh, <laughs> I'm hearing myself say it like, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, you know, going on to teach social studies. Um, and it's been so important to have that broader view yeah. of like today we're talking about infrastructure, for example. Um, and I had a very different sort of view on how we see and evaluate and understand American infrastructure because I can say like, well, <laughs> other places do it other ways. Um, yeah, they say, this is also so cheesy, so I'm sure <laughs> we'll everyone... Take it. <laughs> if it's true, if it's true, we'll take some cheese. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure most people at Wheaton have heard the term TCK or third culture kid. Um, and there's a, there's a saying that I've heard again, so cheesy, but, um, that you leave your passport country as a square and you enter a culture that's like, that's a circle, but you come back a triangle. Interesting. Where you, yeah, um. Yeah, where you're sort of between worlds, where a lot of people, and I, I think I've assimilated back into American culture now, um, but I definitely remember that feeling of like, this is the country on my passport, and I definitely, I have memories growing up here, but this is so foreign to me. Thank you so much for being honest and telling some great stories, and course thanks for having me yeah I'm just so glad to be able to catch up with you Grace is a great friend oh from I knew her before before right we started before high school oh <laughs> yeah we met the summer before I moved yeah wow so I've seen firsthand a lot of her transitional years <laughs> that she has seen mine. so it's been Aww. very special we got to talk about that oh so thank you have a great rest of your evening <laughs> If you have any more questions about Bangkok or think Grace and I left something out, I put my social media in the description of this episode. If I can get enough comments of things I missed, we can mark Bangkok with an X for a later episode. And if you want your hometown featured or want to hear about a certain town or city, let me know. You can mark the spot for me. I'll drive and we'll get a guest from that city to help us navigate. Thanks for listening as always. I am so glad to have you along for the ride. See you next week.